Hey guys, welcome back to Nerd Talk with Jordan Halston. I'm your host, Jordan Halston, and today I've got uh, Alicia coming back to help me close out the series. But we also have a friend who has been away for a while. Will is back, everybody. Will, thank Jordan you. Jordan Halston, back. did you put my name in the Goblet of Fire? Uh, no, I, I'm glad it was pulled out. I'm glad you're back. So, you know, today we're, we're touching on the Deathly Hollows. but before we get into this, Will, what got you into Harry Potter? Uh, well, I think it started getting popular when I was like in third or fourth grade, and I think I was very envious of a class because one class got to read it while we were reading something else that was boring, but I ended up grabbing them. And uh, of course, as fate would have it, as I was getting into them, they announced the movies. They were talk- I think Steven Spielberg was talking about being attached at one point, and then they announced that it was going to come out in November a couple years later. And then it was just always my birthday movie. It's always around. I mean, I played the Harry Potter trading card game when that was the thing. Do you remember that Jordan or Alicia? Uh, yeah. Wizards of the coast. The people who made Pokemon and magic made that like, it was like the artwork from the book. So like they, 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 look it up after this podcast. It, it was, Ooh, wow. That, excuse me i just i haven't been on here in a minute jordan but you got super loud i'm deaf now um uh anywho it's just always been around uh the books uh, i my I, uh, some personal will stories because there's always a personal will story my grandma i think waited or like would go to walmart or sam's club to get me the books as soon as they would come out around the fourth around the fifth book uh which i think is a dropping off point for a lot of people i, I could be wrong uh i as when I kind of fell off and I just stuck with the movies because I'm like, this is too much. I'm like, oh, man, this one's not such a bummer, but you're supposed to be feeling that because Harry's going through it. But we were all, I was also around the same age as Harry. So I'm like, oh man, it's not even getting better for Harry. Come on. <laughs> so yeah. I, I was feeling that in the feels and, and it was the blue book. It was the blue and silver book. I'm like, oh, like sweet. It's my favorite color. And even though you don't judge a book by its cover, but um, I got over that and eventually went back and reread it. And then when everybody was telling me what, what was happening in Deathly Hallows, which is the one we're talking about today, not the movie, the book, I was just like, all right, I think I'll, I was re- re- stretching and taking all my potions. I'm like, all right, let's get into this. Let's get back into it. And five was still a slug, but I, I, I'm glad. I'm glad I followed through. So as we as we start kind of diving into this book, and you know, it's got a two part movie. I want to know which do you think did a better representation of the story? Um, we have to find out what house Will's in. Oh. <laughs> How I've been. Come on now. <laughs> so, okay. what much house just, are you in? Yeah. Like, oh, I am in Gryffindor. Gryffindor. Like, yeah, I, Gryffindor. Go, I, go, I, I, Gryffindor. I've done this several go, times. Go, I think there was Gryffindor. only one time. I think there was one time I got Hufflepuff, but I think I was just like I was just in a Hufflepuff mood. So I think I was dating a Hufflepuff at the time. So I have a type. <laughs> I, I date Hufflepuffs. Um, there, there was one Ravenclaw. Uh, we, we that of which we will not speak. Uh, bringing it back to Harry Potter. <laughs> um. All right. What 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 are the other Harry Potter questions? Throw shoot well, them at me. You know, we we're we're starting this series, or we started the series, and we started asking those kinds of questions. But um, I absolutely love asking because I want to know. You know, as we we get in, we want to know what your thought process is, what what drives you, and so to know that you're a Gryffindor like myself, like I'm so excited because Alicia, you're Ravenclaw, right? Yep, Ravenclaw. Yep. And so we've I been like talking about that. They're fine. And then as we have our friends who, who have been joining us, we've had a Slytherin. Um, Micah, we typically said, I'm trying to remember, did we say Ravenclaw? Huff- Ravenclaw. Um, yeah. And so I don't know if, have we had a Hufflepuff yet? 
I don't think we have. I don't think we've had a Hufflepuff. Um, and Not so, yeah. I speculate so, Chick's a Hufflepuff. I speculate I, Chick is a Hufflepuff. I would, I would, I would probably agree with that. So yeah. we'll have to have to have him in sometime soon and, and have him just talk over some of that. But, you know, we're talking about the Deathly Hollows, And so I want to know, as we start this, which do you think did a better representation of the story? Because some people like the movie side of a story. Some people like the book side, because this one being a two part had a lot more to cover. And so there's a lot more detail in there. There's like the way they represented things were a little different. Which way did you like more, the book or the movies? I mean, first, I, like- I honestly like the book is always better. Like, I think that's that's the truth 100% of the time. And I think that throughout the series, we've seen that, you know, they did a really good job machine as much as they could from the book to the movie. And I think they did as, as good of a job as they could and still make sense of things and putting as much as they could into this two part movies. They covered a lot of material. Um, I, I appreciate that they did split it into two movies. And I think they realized as they moved forward that there was just so much good information. I mean, sometimes there'll be pieces in a book that you can leave out because it's not that great, but there's a lot of good stuff in this book. So, I mean, I do like the movies um, because you see more of the emotion in people coming out. Um, But I think overall, I prefer the book. What about you, Will? Uh, I think I would echo your sentiment with the book. Uh, again, like I said, I, I'd felt, I, I'd fallen off. Is that, is that LaCroix? Is that Lemoncello LaCroix? Sorry to <laughs> visual jokes over here. I, I, I cannot break it. Oh, it's so. the Kroger brand, but. Yes. Lemoncello is <laughs> the best. Anywho, we're talking about Harry Potter, not LaCroix. Um, like I said, I fell off the books, but I think for me, I, I'm, I'm going to sound like such a lazy butt, even though I do like to read I did appreciate the movies. I'm going to come at it from the movie side because I, I had the bonus thing of it, of half of those movies being released on my birthday. So I always have a guarantee like, yes, I'm good to see it until Twilight came around. <laughs> uh, but I had the double whammy of having, it was, one, it was my 21st birthday. So I was, I was a little bit tipsy, but, but I wanted to be able to process the movie. And then I had to, it, sorry, spoiler alert, guys. I had to witness Dobby's death at the very end there. And I'm like, cause I had read it. I'm like, Oh man, that sucks. But then seeing it and then like how they played it up because like they just, they milk it for everything right there. It's like you said, like it is good to see it visually there because everybody's imagination is different. Someone else could imagine the Harry Potter kind of like a heart cartoon, which they were talking about doing at one point, but some people could be visiting, could be visiting in their head going like, oh, I didn't want Daniel Radcliffe. I wanted this actor over here. So I do appreciate the movies. And there was like, I ended up going, we, this is back when they still had midnight screenings. Uh, I, I couldn't get exactly at midnight because I was, I was slacking, but I got like to a 2 a.m. screening and someone was coming out of part two, like collapsing, like her, their friends had to carry her out. Like she, she had that much of an emotional reaction. Was that, was that you perhaps? <laughs> I'm kidding. Definitely not me. <laughs> but like, but that's kind of like how I hate to bring it back to Marvel, but kind of how a lot of us were feeling after Endgame. And I think this was like the, besides Star Wars, I think this is the first big one in a minute that Warner Brothers and just that community had. And I think it's going to be a long while before the Harry Potter community gets that again. And I, if you just get me going, I'm going to keep going. So Jordan, take it away from there, buddy. You know, I think that the movies were a very good representation. And I like that for the movie series and the movie side of all this, it just handled it very well. Cause like Alicia was saying, there's times where 
you you read a book and you're like, okay, is the Death Day party in Sorcerer's Stone really necessary to the story? Does it does it push things forward? And so that's one of those few things that's really not in the movie that's in the book, um, like a full chapter that's completely just ripped out. Um, where you're like, and this one, I feel like they hit all the big topics, and there wasn't a whole lot that wasn't hit. Um, I feel I hate two part movies. Um, there was that time in <laughs> in in, uh, in in our generation where we saw where what all got two parters. There was Twilight, well, Twilight, Harry Potter. Uh- Divergent was supposed to. Yeah, Divergent was supposed to have two. The Hobbit was, was supposed to be two, but they made it into three, which I think to its detriment hurt it. Yeah, and so you like in that time frame, you're seeing all these two parters, and I think that like to your, to your sentiment towards Marvel, I think Marvel handled it very well with their two parter without making it a two parter. It was two separate movies, mm-hmm. but yeah. telling the same story. Like it, right. it's a, just a continuation. I, I would say the. Infinity War Endgame and this have been probably tell me if I you can you can tell you can totally disagree. I think have been the only two. I mean, financially they've all been successful minus Divergent, but I think this and the Avengers parallel have been like the first two that have been like successfully both story wise and financially wise. Financial wise. Yeah, I would. Well, and I think the first part of this is very reminiscent of Lord of the Rings. When you go through the Fellowship of the Ring, it's a, it's a, hey, we have to go and find something. We're not sure what it is, what we're looking for. And it's this journey that leads up to the second part, which is just kind of like the rest of the Lord of the Rings series where, or, or any other big, like big blockbuster where you're like, there's so much action. The story has already been progressed to a certain point that you don't have to worry about laying the foundation for the rest of this story. Mm-hmm. Where the book, you don't have two parts. You have just one long book. And that book is a, it's the biggest out of the series, right? And so I think it was just a great way to do that. And so I prefer the book. I actually recently um, started writing a devotional that will pair uh, elements from Harry Potter and how to pull Christian aspects from it. And so I've been starting to to work on that. And I've had Alicia and Mike and look it over a little bit. Alicia, you don't have to tell me how I'm doing right now because you may be like, Jordan, that was an awful chapter that you wrote. Um, don't yep. need to tear me down right now. Uh, <laughs> but but when we when we do things like that, like I've really gotten back into Harry Potter and especially with this month with Order of the Phoenix getting dropped in the uh, illustrated edition. So that dropped this month. And so we're really oh, excited. Right, really? Yeah, back in, or well, I guess we're recording in October and it's dropped in November, but um, in October it was dropped. And so it was dropped October 11th. And so we're really excited to have um, yet another edition and we're, we're getting this all in. And I went in and I had to buy the digital edition so I could do copy and paste so that I could put manuscripts in for my devotional stuff. And that way I wasn't missing any of the prints or, or way that she worded things and I didn't miss anything. And I, I've been really getting into it and I've watched, I've burned through like four of the movies so far. Um, and so it's just been really cool to see how all of this is just played out. Cause I'm like, I just, I love Harry Potter. I think that Harry Potter is just so much fun. Um, and the community, I feel like it's one of the most inclusive communities there are. Um, whether you're of a different nationality, whether you're of a different skin tone, skin tone, you speak a different language, you walk a different lifestyle, whatever it is, everybody loves it. And I just, I love that aspect of this. And I thought that this story kind of closes out things very, very well. Now, I never read The Cursed Child, and I'm not going to touch The Cursed Child because I just feel like I don't need to 
don't need to muddy up the water here. Right. So with that, the next question, and, and you talked about this a little bit. I want to know what were your thoughts of Dobby's death? I know. <laughs> okay, well, so real quick. I mean, if you want to hear about all of it, I was a, I don't, I think this is what start what either kicked off me being emotional at movies because literally um, I was with all my friends for my 21st birthday and we had like a whole row as soon as like the credits ended, literally everyone turns over and is looking at me because they know I'm the sensitive one of their group. So they knew it was going to get me. And then I was like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, I, I, I was a mess. I'm like, we ended it there. F off, man. Yeah. Like give us like, and like, and I'm like, Voldemort's just getting the older one and like not even a little bit of happiness. We didn't destroy one Horcrux. Bull crap. Yeah. I, that was that was hard to see that that was where we ended the movie and i'm like i think that was i mean it was clearly intentional um but man that that was that was hard because that's the last spot you see harry ron and hermione um in that in that moment and then oh my god well even yeah, the just, oh toby didn't mean to hurt anybody wasn't trying to kill anybody just to seriously hurt her maim and i'm just like 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 i said they they like like it was, a, it was that that scene was like a piece of toast, and uh, David Yates uh, was buttering this up good. Like, no, oh, this is gonna be the moment. You guys are not ready for it. Oh yeah. And if I didn't read the book beforehand, I would have been completely blindsided by it. Well, that's but because I'd read the book, I knew that at that moment I was like, do it. Well, and I knew it wasn't. I knew I didn't know it was gonna happen. So, like, if you remember, I said this in the first podcast, like. I was a late starter on the book. So I started, oh, that's right. I got through, I couldn't even get through the first book. So I got through all of the movies. We, I went with a group of friends to see part one and I couldn't wait to see what happened. So then I went and read the last book. And then as an adult, I've gone back and, and listened to them um, on audiobook. So I had no idea it was coming and I was wrecked. Like I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. Like, Dobby and and I think I appreciate him more now because I've read the books because Dobby is like he's a lot more integral in the story in the books than he is in the movies like you oh, see absolutely. him yeah. like a few times but it's like so know how much he helped Harry and Hermione and Ron throughout the whole story for that to happen at the very end is absolutely heart shattering like I mean I, I watched it I rewatched the movies a couple days ago and I'm sitting with my iPad and my headphones in, and I'm sitting on the couch crying, and my cousin's like, what's wrong? And I was like, I don't talk about it. <laughs> I just can't talk like, about it. And I was like, who died? Like, I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you who died, because if you ever want to watch this, then I'm not going to. Well, yeah. not gonna on a positive note, that is Toby Jones, who was Hydra in, in Marvel, so... But it's Dobby. <laughs> Dobby Jones... You know, I, Dobby is this unsung hero for me. I love Dobby's character. Anytime he shows up, I'm just like, I love it. And I, you know, I, I pulled out the last time we were recording, Alicia, my Dobby uh, minifigure in Lego. And I'll get rid of every Harry Potter set, whatever, but I will never get rid of my Dobby because Dobby is one of my absolute favorites. Uh, I've honestly thought about like, like, I feel like this is a, a backwards progression for him, but I'm like, remaking him my house elf because I've got a certain house that's in Lego form that like is my house and I was like I might have him be my house elf <laughs> like because I just love Dobby 
And and yeah. Dobby is just such a unique character. And so when he died, I just that struck a chord with me. I was like, it just, you know, the hero I feel like in so many stories gets away with with murder and they can do anything and not have repercussions. And J.K. Rowling said, not today. Like, this means war. Like, there are going to be casualties. Because he's not the only one. Like, at the end of the book, was it Fred or George that passed? George. I think it was, was it George? Okay. So, yeah, so yeah, even Fred like, got the cursed ear. Yep. Fred got a cursed ear. Yeah, he's like, towards holy. the Yeah. Holy. Yeah. So, he gets that more towards the beginning of the story, more, like the first half. And then the second half, you have... Uh, the death of George and it's like there, there no one was safe here I mean even like I said in in the fifth book when we were talking about Order of the Phoenix with Tonks like Tonks and Lupin are gone and they like Harry is is the godfather and I think there's some hope in this story too when you see that he becomes the godfather that he gets to start the transition of oh hey like Sirius Black was my godfather and then I get to be godfather to Lupin's kid and like it just was that these are deep ties and they were, and, it, and it, it hurt Harry, but he kept moving forward. Well, and honestly, even Hedwig dying, like I, I was oh, upset that about one that hurt. too. Like, yeah. listen, that one hurt. I have, you know, we have three cats and they are our babies. And if anything happens to them, I will be absolutely wrecked. Hedwig was with him for a lot of that stuff. Well, Hedwig was his constant companion. So, that one so hurt. I, I, I'm listening to the Goblet of Fire right now, and there's parts where it brings Hedwig in, and Hedwig is not created or, or, or talked about. Like, she was not created as this, like, my pet. No, this is a friend. This is someone that right. when he is, is sad and he needs alone time, he's not alone. He goes to Hedwig. Um, he goes and spends a little bit of time at the Owl Perch, and, like, even in the movies. Like, they don't show Hedwig enough in the movies, but there's, like, that... Hedwig is nipping at his ear or it's like it's perched on his shoulder. Like it literally says he ticked her off and she pulled a little bit of like she, she taloned on and he felt it rip a little. And I'm like, Hedwig is such a, a bigger character as well. And so I forgot that, that how, like how big she was until I started listening again. I was like, Oh, Ooh, I'm yeah. That, that death is even harder. Mm-hmm. Well, then you get people who we don't even get to see, die that we just hear about it off screen like mad eye even though like we technically didn't get to see him in Cobble of fire that was david Tennant, uh yeah playing with polyjuice potion and then five like they finally like, build a rapport even though it seems like oh hey we're just gonna we had some development off screen it's all good i, I was filled in on goblet of fire we're good we're good just stuff like that i, I mean there's a lot of death in this it, 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 i mean the, she was building up to it i mean losing um serious and then the whole like snape kills dumbledore like that that whole meme when that when that happened um it's just like no one everyone's on the on well, the well and even with the loss like even losing snape like that was knowing knowing for the people who didn't know like seeing everything that he's done and you see that it was really done with good intentions <laughs> for him to see all those memories at the end like I was crying during that one too. Mike is like, what's wrong with you? Like somebody else died and I'm not going to talk about it. I, I just think that she came in swinging, showing us this is real life. Like no one is safe. Like yeah. that's part of life is, is life, death. And that's, 
that's just it. And like so, you have to understand that. Yeah, and taxes. Yeah. And, and wizard bur- bureaucracy. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly it. Okay. I'm so I'm so glad I'm a muggle and I don't have to worry about that. Um, no, I just you know I I love the way that she she wrote those because over seven books and eight movies, I got so at- attached to these characters that, like you said, Alicia, it brings you to tears because you're like, mm-hmm. they don't get the happy ending. They're they're gone. Like that's that's where it is. And I, I kind of half expected a goblet of fire in the, in the cemetery spot where he gets to at least say goodbye because like maybe like in ghost form, they, they meet with him for, for just a second, like in his last duel with, with Voldemort, like when I was originally reading it and I was like, oh, like maybe that'll happen. And it never happened. And I was like, okay, well, I guess that's just how it is. I mean, you guys can correct me. Cause like I said, it's been a minute. Or if I haven't, it's been a minute since I've read those books. Um, but I mean, he does kind of get that scene though when he's about to die when he finds out he has the resurrection stone. Like, th- th- is that not in the books, or is that kind of oh, played he up? Had, who did he have with him? He had Lupin, Sirius, and his mom and dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he didn't. He didn't have like Mad Eye Moody. He didn't have Tonks. He didn't have Hedwig. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't have the whole ensemble. Like he didn't have Dobby with him. Gotcha. Um. Well, he just had that. Those four in the movie too. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. And so, so, but I was expecting like all loved ones to kind of like, mm-hmm. like even even at like King's Cross when he's like dead, that he would have that moment, yeah. and the only person he meets up with is Albus, and I'm like, okay, like that that's just different. Okay, like I I understand where you're going. I I like the you have a choice, and I helped mentor you through your seven years or your six years at Hogwarts, um, and that's that's the way it is. So. My, uh, we're, we're going to keep on moving here. Um, but what I want to know, because we're going to kind of shift gears here, which of the Horcruxes was your favorite that was used? Because there were what seven, eight Horcruxes? Because I think it was seven and Harry. It, well, isn't Harry one of the seven? I don't, was, was he? Because oh, the diary, diary, um, the necklace. I'm counting Harry right now because I'm going to forget mm-hmm. the other neck, the Ravenclaw necklace. The, di- it was the, <laughs> the diadem. The diadem. The, the diadem. Thank you. The ring. Um, Nagini. Yep. And then his, and then the ring, the family ring. The family ring. You had uh, Hufflepuff's cup. And then what was the Slytherin? Because he had something from Sal- Salazar. He didn't take anything from Gal- or from Gryffindor. He had something else. I, I would see him just being so well, arrogant. He had two he- things from his family. It was, that, well, you said a ring and a necklace. I, I, I mean, I, I got seven right there. I can't. Okay. So seven, se- either way, seven or eight Horcruxes, because I think it was supposed to be six, maybe seven that he split his soul into. Because Harry was the accident. He and then he was the accident yeah. one. And then the scar yeah. was, was what that was. So, um, but which of those was your favorite to see the way that they did it, um, the way that they represented it in the book or in the movie? Um, and how they had to destroy it. Oh, to me or Alicia, you want to take this one first? Sure, I'll go. Um, I don't have one off the top I'll of my go, head. I, I I'll go diadem. Um, and I'll go from the perspective of the movie just because it's more fresh on my brain. Um, you know, what he, Luna helped him find the gray lady um, to help him find the actual, um, the actual Horcrux, but she, 
gave him a clue, like a true Ravenclaw. She didn't actually tell him where it was. She said, if you know you, if you know you, if you don't know, you'll never find it or something about not just having to ask. I can't remember, Uh, but it was in the, the room of requirement. Yeah. And so he had to find it. And even the, um, the graphics and the whole scene with him finding it and then him getting caught in there with Draco and his goons and they destroyed it with the basilisk thing and he kicked it into the room of requirement and then like it, the door Voldemort shut. Voldemort in the yeah, Voldemort, Voldemort in the form of flames came toward them with the door shut. So graphically, I liked that one a lot. Well, it wasn't because the, the flames started before they. they yeah, because I, I think it's crab. Crab yeah. had a yeah yeah because he, he, he started oh. and he threw fire everywhere and then he couldn't get it to stop because yeah. he was playing with dark magic and right. he thought he was ready for it and he wasn't and so he. He threw the fire and he couldn't get it stopped. And then it literally caught the whole room on fire. Yeah. And then they like kicked it through right at the last little bit. And I, th- yeah, that, that visually was just amazing. Cause I knew like having read the book, I was like, okay, so you've got crab and Goyle who are going to follow, uh, follow mm-hmm. Draco in. And then one of them is going to start the fire. And I was like, oh, this is like, like just the red and oranges and yellows that just came with, it. I was like, man, this is just visually really stunning. Well, honestly, like Ron going after him because he's like, that's my girlfriend because they did something to Hermione. And then he comes back screaming the other way because the flame has gone awry and he's screaming like a little girl trying to get out because (laughs) the flame is going to catch him. You know, I love that because they they got the basculist fang, um, that the way that they did that was he just remembered from years earlier how to fake parcel tongue to get down there Mm -hmm. and i was like okay so like ron isn't useless because i feel like for part of this he kind of was because i mean he goes away um i mean my personal favorite was the locket i think the locket showed so much of how evil magic this is and how for ron like he took on the weight and then he couldn't work through some emotional management and emotional intelligence portions and then he turns around and like he has he has to help break it. And I was like, it just shows that if you're near a horcrux for so long, like the Dursleys were, because we like uh-huh. that that one <laughs> with them having Harry and Harry being a horcrux, maybe they truly were even worse people because they were around Harry for so long. Interesting. That's an interesting theory. I haven't heard that before. Is. That that is yeah. one of the oldest theories that I've heard, and it was that they they were awful people, but they, they became worse because they had Harry around, and that it just continued to snowball. Now, to debunk that theory is Ron and Hermione and all the kids at Hogwarts are around him for the school years, but they said that they didn't have eleven years of buildup, and so. And and they had like their Christmas break and then their uh, their other breaks and things like that. And they, they didn't always have to be next to Harry where guardianship they did. That's and so that's why they, they became worse and worse and worse. So is that why Draco also gets worse? Because like he always finds a reason to be near Potter. Like, <laughs> hmm, hello, Potter. Ooh, I feel good right now. Yeah, who knows? I just yeah. I just I've heard that theory and I've been waiting to use that one. And I'm like, I just I think it's great. I love the idea and the concept that. Harry being this completely like unloved, unsupervised child through his through his first eleven years of life, 
he's causing this problem and it's out of his control. I mean, even reading the first book, the first couple chapters, he's making things happen that he doesn't even know how it's happening. And then it just snowballs out of control. And then he starts to realize, and then by the time he's an adult, he doesn't have to worry about it anymore because the Horcrux side was, was killed off. Well, and not to completely debunk your theory, but what does that say about Harry? Because he was pretty, I mean, semi-positive in a way, well, and he really didn't get affected by the Horcruxes until they until they started finding the other one. Well, and and that's my other thought is what happens if he his life was crap, but he tried to always find the light in it, and he was just mm-hmm. genuinely a positive person. Because I mean, you've got positive people, you've got negative people, and so maybe that's yeah. where that was. I don't know. In that one. Yeah, yeah. So, Will. What was your favorite horror? Uh, well, I don't know. This might be a bit of a hipster answer answer based on those two. Though I, I will say the locket was in contention over here because you know me. You, 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 you give me a cho- chance to pick one, I'm going to pick five. I'm kidding. But that's not happening. He's like, there's seven Horcruxes. I want to get all six before Harry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, here's my Watch Mojo rankings. All right, but seriously, um, it, it's I want to say it's the diary. The diary actually got play and it got its own movie right there and book i'm just saying and and i don't know just getting to see a younger form of voldemort like come out as tom riddle and like kind of go not ghost but like kind of gaslight harry and Ginny into doing his bidding and all this stuff like it it still played out like even though voldemort seemingly was destroyed at the end of the last one it's like oh no he's not and seeing like how jk was able to go like oh hey jk like that, that thing is actually still important um down the road okay <laughs> just rolling Round her line. eyes so hard at that joke going like you did not you did not just say that um and then even like the tasks like to get like the sort of gryffindor and the, the basilisk thing to actually be able to destroy it i mean th- there was a lot of stuff going on on top of everything else going on that year and Dobby messing everything up and just it was not a good year for Harry and then he has to finish it out with all that I mean granted he's gonna at least for the most part end up okay at the end of all of these as okay as one either a competitor um, a, fr- uh, a godfather or like your biggest mentor and yeah. friend after you just went on a great mission with them <laughs> but I don't know I I think I like that one just because it has so much build up. Because I think uh, a fault of Deathly Hallows Part Two, even though I like the movie adaptation, is that some of these horcruxes don't get as much development, and maybe they don't need it. And maybe that's how much development they got in the books as well. But like uh, that that Hufflepuff cup, like it was cool. It had that spell that if you didn't touch the real one, everything like duplicates or whatever. That was an interesting visual. I'm not picking that one, but I don't know. I could have like dealt with a few more scenes with that, or just like seen the. I, I would have liked. Uh, Her- Almost, because uh, I know they did this, or they talked about doing this. When, when, didn't they do extended editions of the Harry Potter movies at some point, or they were the through? first two had uh, extended editions when that was, I believe, when Christopher Columbus was the one uh, doing those movies. I think there's some other ones because my, I think my friend Nick was collecting them at the time. I think the other ones just didn't get as wide. Well, I know that iTunes because I bought the iTunes Harry Potter collection a few years back. So those, those are the are... only two that had extended on iTunes. Gotcha. So I don't so... know if there's an extended anywhere else, but those are the only ones because it gave me ten movies out of it, and those were the two that got extended. Okay, so maybe they maybe those are the only two. Regardless, I think I would have liked some more expansion on like all that. I mean, we're kind of getting some expansion now in the Guinea, but at the same time, I'm like, where was she in Fantastic Beasts three? <laughs> and yeah. 
but yeah, the diary. It, it, it did it plain and simply. Gotcha. Yeah. And for the record, we did get them all. The necklace was Salazar Southerns. There we go. I was like, I know that one of these belonged to Salazar, but I was like, ah, are we missing one? Or Which makes is- sense because he had to use parcel tongue to open it up. Yes. Yep. That makes perfect sense. So at the very beginning of this story, and I know that we're hopping all over the place here, but I, I looked up the, the chapter titles and I forgot about this part. The Seven Potters was chapter four. And I want to take a moment real quick to, what did you guys think about the fact that to get Harry out because he was under a charm until he's 17, which is legal age. What did you guys think of the way that they got him out of the Dursley's house instead of like disapparating him um, instead of going through uh, like the flu uh, network with the, the fireplace, they just straight up like have to run him on a broomstick and they all use polyjuice potion and then give a, give a sidekick. What did you think of, of that? Well, didn't they have to? They well, had to re- because he was still underage. Yeah, but d- the disapparation, uh, do you have to, you don't learn disapparating until you're 17, right? Or was it 16? I think it's the sixth year that they learned that. Okay. So and six I think years. That so- he did it, but it was just, it was with Dumbledore, so he kind of got away with it. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I think that's, the that, that they gave, I'm like, pretty sure they say he's underage too in the movie. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. it's been a minute since I've watched. Yeah, because his he birthday, doesn't... his birthday doesn't happen until the wedding. Well, I'm, you know, I'm not entirely sure about that because for some reason I wanted to say that they because they they tried to get him out because he was going to turn 17, and I can't remember if he turned 17 at the wedding or if he turned 17 that night, and that's why they were trying to get him out because. They, they had to get him out sooner than later, but yeah. they, they tried to wait for the charm because the charm was over his house. So, yeah, anyways. right now. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's just one of those either or. What did you guys think of the way that they handled that from a visual aspect that they had seven Harry Potters running around? I, 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 I've seen the making of. like I remember I was really into that when they were showing the making of on the DVD of that. And just, just like seeing Daniel Radcliffe like goof around and have a good time <laughs> playing all these people. I mean, he's got range, man. Like I am excited for him to be Weird Al Yankovic because I mean, he was playing floor, he's playing everyone else and just even getting to kind of, since this, this is the last hurrah for them, at least for some of these people in this scene, like he's getting to have fun and kind of pick at them uh, while saying goodbye a little bit. So uh I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was a cool visual. And just seeing how they did it was really impressive back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And like the, and Harry and, or Fred and George, hey, we're identical. That always <laughs> makes me laugh because their, their dynamic is always really funny. Oh, it's great. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to take a step back. They, they asked the boys who played Fred and George, they said, hey, like, how did you guys come across this part? Like, did you guys do this on purpose? And they said, Oh, actually, we're not even brothers. We just showed up one day, both for the casting part, and ended up seeing each other across the room. And we were like, oh, my gosh, there's our twin. And, like, totally <laughs> really played funny. it off. Like, they weren't really. And I'm like, they, they bring that, that story up all the George. time. I saw them at a con. I, I've seen them, Neville, and Tom all at cons. They're all great, from my oh, yeah. understanding. Those guys, I, I sit back, and I just watch some of the things that they say and they do. And I'm like, those guys were born to be 
Fred and George Weasley. Like those guys just 100%. Crushed it. Yeah. So, and, and yeah, I, I thought that when they said that, that was great. Um, I love how they, they handled that. And I love how she wrote this idea that, Hey, we've got to get him out of here, but we can't use magic by the normal means. And so we're, we're basically going to repeat uh, order of the Phoenix and getting him out of here on a broomstick but then they took it a very different route and people died and people were putting their lives on the line. And, and it just, I think it started this story off very, very well. Um, and I think even so who was Hagrid, guys- sorry to interrupt. And even Hagrid even says it too, like, Oh, Hey, it's just, it seemed only natural that you get paired up with me. I, I brought you here. I'm going to get you out of here, out of here alive. So just like, Oh yeah. Even that little callback. I mean, the movie acknowledges it, and the, I'm guessing the book did too, because it's been a minute. Yeah, but, yeah so. no, it's it, it all does, and it's it was done really, really well. Um, that each piece fell right as it did, and I feel like it was. I just I'm so in awe by the fact that she started at book four, worked backwards, and did three, two, one, and then comes back, and then goes five, six, seven, and because that that's how these books were written, Will that she started with the Goblet of Fire. She knew who her villain was going to be, and she knew that the hero and how this was going to play out, and she built that book is this, and then went backwards. Is this J.K. Rowling back in the day when these things were coming out, or J.K. Rowling now retconning everything just to be more cool? No, this is back. I've known, I've known this story since uh, before Book 7 was released. All right, because you know she's been saying some wacky stuff going like, oh, yeah, back in the day before they put plumbing in Hogwarts, people just apparated it and they just go wherever they went. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. So so she said, hey, I wrote these four, three, two, one, and then had to find someone who would buy the story. And then eventually got to Scholastic and Scholastic started pushing these books out. And then by the time that they pushed the fourth one out, because I think it was like they pushed out a book a year. About- um, and then it was a couple of years and then it, the fifth book came out a couple of years later cause she had to go and write it. And then she wrote the sixth book. And then by the time that I was in high school was the time yeah, that the I seventh book graduated. was released. So it was, so. yeah, it was, it was a few years, uh, in between five, six and seven, because she wrote for going backwards to one and then eventually, and they, they were just dropped boom, 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 boom. Like over the course of like, let's say six, seven years, like it was real quick versus like the 15 years from book one to book seven. Okay. And so it, it that, was just a little different. Might, I think the books, I think it was like 97 or 96. I mean, is I, when I the explain first why I like Goblet of Fire so much because like she's had so much time with it and that she was able to refine it and do all that oh, yeah. stuff. Because that try was a tournament is very creative and all the puzzles. Like I, I don't want to give Warner Brothers or J.K. ideas, but I would read Hunger Games style books about every Triwizard tournament or because oh, yeah. those challenges obviously change each year. So that that would be and see the other schools around like the Wizarding World because I mean, well, we've only we've only still just getting a, a fraction of it with Pottermore and Fantastic Beasts, and I'm just mm-hmm. like I would read a few of these even if they're short stories. Well, and the the Triwizard tournament though is only those three schools. It's not open to everyone else. It was just those three schools. They were talking about that at the beginning. They said. It was Bobaton, um, Durmstrang, and Hogwarts that started this. So, I mean, maybe now in 2022, because this was a, a book series that came out and is set in the 90s, where you could say, oh, hey, like, Ilvermorny, uh, which is the American school, mm-hmm. they're now a part of this. I don't really think it would be that way, because those are more your your European schools. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that would make sense that way. But it, it was done really well, um, and I like the way that it was handled. Um, so I just, you know, I, I, I agree with your sentiment on that one, though, Will. If they did, like, Triwizard tournaments, I would be all over watching those. And just to see how they handle um, different characters. Like, I don't even have to know the characters. Like, just to, like, to go in and see that. That would be a good series on HBO Max. HBO, like, you're canceling everything else. Put money into that. I'd watch that. Well, and the, the new guy said, hey, you're going to see a lot more Harry Potter stuff. So I I know that they're putting out a game, um, the new Wizards. Ho- Ho- Hogwarts Ho- Mystery or something like that? Hogwarts something or another. Legacy? Um, that's, that's, that's it. Okay. So the Hogwarts Legacy. And I'll be surprised if they don't put an event where we as the character can go in and do a Triwizard Tournament. I think that would be really cool if they, they oh, add I that will like a year. I would gladly buy that. <laughs> that's, that's it, it would make perfect sense. Yeah. Um, but no, I just, I, I think that she wrote these so well. And to go forward and to, to wrap this thing up and try and send this thing off and say, hey, you know, I'm going to do a ton of callbacks to. Sorcerer Stone, Chamber of Secrets, Prisoner of Azkaban, Goblet of Fire, like those early books and to do callbacks. Like you said, like the journal had a whole book by itself. It did not need any more storytelling, Mm -hmm. but it got more and it made it that much more interesting. Mm -hmm. That it's like, oh, wait, timeout. Was this the plan all along where Horcrux is a part of this? So I just, I like (laughs) how she introduced that into books six and seven because six i feel like was that ease into book seven it got super dark but then it, it like eased us into the idea of horcruxes and then we get the deathly hollows so that's going to lead to this next part that i want to talk about what did you think of the deathly hollows and which one was your favorite hmm. i like this storytelling um and going back to the movies and in the books as well when they well at least harry hears that that nursery rhyme for the first time ron has grown up with it hermione reads it because dumbledore has given her this book and she's also a bookworm so she's probably read it before then anyway um it's a neat kind of nursery rhyme to kind of build into it um out of the three i'd probably go invisibility cloak Okay. Well, or wand. I don't know. I feel like I feel torn between that and the wand. <sighs> I don't know. Absolute power curves. Absolutely. Alicia, <laughs> come on. You know better. Uh, okay. So I definitely love that, that animated segment of the movie. I mean, that's just so radically yeah. different than everything that's in that movie. I, I know they were making a big deal about it before that movie came out going like, Oh, it's going to be animated by such and such. And it, it just looks so haunting. It's kind of, Kind of reminds me of the. Do you know what Leica Studios is? The people that make Kubo and Coraline yeah. and all that. Uh, well, that it kind of that style kind of reminds me of that, and just the way they told it, like it's so haunting. Like even because that up to that point in Deathly Hallows Part One, it starts getting kind of, it, for lack of a better term, like uh, I know like they're, they're trying to solve the mysteries and figure everything out and find a way to destroy the locket and if they even have the right locket, uh, and it's just a lot of camping, like ha. Huh. Well, we're really staying faithful to this book really hard, huh, guys? Okay. <laughs> I think right, right when that moment happens, we're figuring out about the Deathly Hallows and it's being explained and they're going over that nursery rhyme. Some life got injected into that movie again. I'm like, yes, here we go. So that, that's just a turning point for me. So I, I enjoy that. But if I had to pick, uh, I think, uh, 
Why couldn't there be a shield? I would pick a shield instantly. He's like, I can do this all day. Bring me some Captain America. Well, I, I want to pick the invisibility cloak, but I feel like that story kind of, because as we've seen and hear the first book and movie, oh, that's an invisibility cloak. It seems like an item you can get every day. Like, did they start making those because of this nursery rhyme? Or is that the only one? Has that been tackled? Okay, so that is tackled in the story. Okay, um, thank you. There are fakes that are based off of it, and it's never something that was achieved to be like, does that make sense? Like, it was never something that they could fully, like, when he's in the invisibility cloak, he, yeah, you can't replicate it. He's undetectable. Like, there's no heat signature unless he makes a noise. Like, they can't find him unless he's, like, walking through the snow and they find his foot track. Like, unless he is not smart with it, but others, like, you can go Revealio and it flies off. Um, there's different pieces. Gosh, so Harry now, has the legit one. Everyone he else. has the legit one. And, and so what Ron was talking about, Ron knew the nursery rhyme too. So I'm mm. wondering if, and this is before even book seven was in there, he knew about the invisibility cloak, but they, they've alluded to the fact that there's others, but they're not the legit one. He probably didn't realize it was the actual one because again, it's a nursery rhyme. So he probably didn't even believe it was true. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I asked that question. Hey, hey, guys, on podcast, you can learn stuff, too. And you, you can admit when you don't, because, I mean, Jordan, at least you probably know this, you get into so many nerdy topics, like your brain only has so much capacity for some of it. And I think, unfortunately, my Harry Potter knowledge does drop here or there. And then there's even some Marvel characters like, oh, hey, I know about this and this, but I don't know about all this back from the 60s or 70s. <laughs> Or this crazy obscure timeline thing. Speaking so. of things that we uh, we don't always get right, last week's episode, to all our listeners, I need to wrap myself out here. I <laughs> made the comment that uh, Slughorn was the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. He was not. That is why I forgot, because he was not the Defense Against the Dark <laughs> Arts teacher. He was the <laughs> potions master. And that was the one and only year that Snape was the defense against the dark arts teacher. And that's why when I made the comment about, hey, like, why was he not teaching it correctly? And why didn't Harry get caught? Well, he wasn't in the class. So we make mistakes. I fess up. We just So can forward. that be a thing? Uh, for, can, we, can this be a thing going forward? Like the corrections corner? Like if we make a huge... Uh, if we make like a huge mess up like that <laughs> you just just take a second and just be like eh, i screwed up well because this will work great for alicia and micah because they can do the pun it could be corrections because like it'd be their last name but so so back to harry potter <laughs> who do you think was your favorite of the trio in this book um from ron harry hermione and, and this goes to both movies um so that way, if, if you're more fresh with the movies, who do you think you liked the most storytelling-wise in this specific book? Can I, while, while, we, while Will and I formulate our answers, can you yeah. answer which one you would pick between the Deathly Hollows? Yeah. Um, I think Hermione was my favorite. And the reason no, the I think Deathly Hermione Hollows. was... Oh, the Deathly yeah, Hollows. Both. Yeah, I forgot. Both I didn't answer that. Yeah, I'll hit both of them, though. Um, okay, so back to the Deathly Hollows. Uh I think that my favorite was probably the invisibility cloak because like how Will was talking about the journal, 
it just brings back full circle. Um, I loved the wand. I loved that idea and, and how it's playing even harder into like the bigger grand story with, uh, with fantastic beasts and where to find them because you see Dumbledore is going to be getting that from Grindelwald and like, you're starting to see, and you're like, Oh, I know that one. Hey, wait, wait, that's, that's the one. And like, I'm over here like all excited and I'm jumping up and down. Cause I'm like, I know this one. Um, but I think that the invisibility cloak, just because it's, it's a character in and of itself. Um, we see it so much. We see visually when like fluffy in the first one goes like just breathing out of its nose and it like flies off and it's just a visual storytelling piece that kind of becomes its own thing because there's like even when you get to the prisoner of Azkaban like Harry's trying to go to Hogsmeade under the the cloak and George and Fred see the footsteps and they're like oh no that's Harry right there and they immediately go get him and it just keeps coming on and on and on and there's even a point I think he even flies with it on um so that way he's he's completely undetected um I'm pretty sure that was that was one of those pieces in a later book and I'm just like I love that it's a character that's inanimate um it's just that big storytelling piece now for my favorite of the trio uh as as I jumped the gun earlier um it's definitely Hermione I think Hermione like this is clearly Harry's story and Harry's going to get the most but the loyalty that comes from Hermione I'm like even Ron got fed up and left and that's like Harry's best friend. But through the whole series, we continually see Hermione just having Harry's back. And I love that there's not a romantic piece that fuels their relationship. And she's just like, you're like my brother. You're my best friend. I love you. I want to make sure that you're okay. We have to do this together. And no matter where these things are, this is a big world out here. I'm going to stick with you till the end. And just for her to go through that, and to step with him and try and make things right between Harry and Ron. And this is not the first time um, that she has tried to step in and help fix that relationship. But it's like, she just, I, I, she was my favorite in there. Um, and I'm, I typically don't say that. I typically say Harry. Um, and I think that she just was an amazing piece to this. What about you guys? I'll agree. Um, I mean, I love how steadfast she is. Like she is, she's a solid rock. Like she doesn't sway. She always believes Harry. Well, with the exception of a handful of times, I think, but she's always just so steadfast, but I will say this about Ron. Ron is sometimes his temper gets the best of him because he's a redhead. He He's a redhead. <laughs> yes. The kid's a redhead. That's, I understand that, that temper. That's fair. Um, but I think too, he, he doesn't feel like he is seen a lot because he has so many siblings. He doesn't feel, he doesn't have a lot. He, the kid lacks a lot of confidence. Now, as the series goes on, like he got, does gain more. And even he said, like, as soon as I left, I wanted to come back. I knew that I shouldn't have left. And I know that Dumbledore gave me this deluminator because he knew that I was going to leave and he knew that I was going to have to find my way back to you guys. Yeah. And I, I just, and I think a lot of it just stems from, it stems from a big family, not really understanding where he thinks he is in the place of things. Um, well, and he I think befriended he, the he, most famous young wizard of all time. Right, like. right, right. Well, it, but in, for him, like, I mean, and he, he had good intentions. He, he just, he wanted a friend. Yeah, like, he wanted a friend. He wanted a like, friend who would just treat him like 
just a person you not saw him. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But then you see, like, I, I think a lot of, I think a lot of Ron's issues stem from, he feels super jealous of Harry because he's famous, but because he's in love with Hermione and he doesn't even realize it, but he, he sees the relationship that Harry and Hermione have. And he's like, Oh, well, I'm never going to be good enough because why would she, why would she want me when she could have the chosen one? Yeah. Right. Well, because you guys plot think armor, plot armor, plot armor, right. obviously. <laughs> well, I'll take it away from there. I, as, as snippy as Ron gets in Deathly Hallows part one, I mean, with that deluminator, he comes back and it's like you said, he does admit like, Hey, like I knew I should have came back. Like, I think I relate to Ron the most in that moment because <laughs> I, I feel like I would follow my friends to the end. And then if they like, even to do another mystical <laughs> franchise that Warner owns, even Sam gets told to leave <laughs> at one point. Well, it gets told to leave. That's different, but he still comes back, even though like his friends telling him like, Hey, like, I don't want you here. You're being grumpy. You're potentially eating all the food and then just jealousy. And, to add another point that to uh, what you guys are saying too, even Ron's mom like treats Harry like another son, like oh Harry, like and like loves up on and him. Worries all about him in all these other books. Like there's there there are passages where it's mm-hmm. like Molly is worried about Harry and the Goblet of Fire, and Charlie's talking to Hagrid about it. And I'm like, wait, time out. How is Molly Weasley still this big a character? <laughs> and we talked about this on a past episode mm-hmm. where you don't realize because these movies, we watch them and watch them and watch them. And how often are we reading compared to watching? Because it's easier to sit down for two hours than for like a few days or a few weeks reading a book. Mm-hmm. And so you don't even realize that some of these characters are that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, her, her worrying about Harry, that was crazy. Well, yeah. Wasn't there like a, a direct example? Like, oh yeah, I was there too, mom. And it's like, oh, she's like, oh, you like, idiot or whatever <laughs> just like but like i think we've all like had that We're like oh hey mom i help too like I- i'm okay it's like oh, whatever back back of the head and then you you see things like the howler that gets on to mm-hmm. him like harry didn't get in trouble the howler. the howler just went for ron well i mean it's ronald been- weasley <laughs> well, so it's, it's been stacking throughout the whole series too like even goblet of fire like he has like because he gets all the hand-me-downs too like he never has anything that's just his and i know like this is a very poor way to look at women but like Hermione Hermione was just Ron's like they they were having their thing and like he didn't even really know it but then we see he's like Harry's like oh sweet that was like the one thing I was doing okay and now my best friend's swooping in because because he's so great and better than me like I can imagine all those hand-me-downs and everything like that he's he's gonna have a complex when he's an uh, when he's an an adult and then I think that one of the other problems that he faces is that Harry tries to swoop in and help him because in the book, he goes and buys some new dress robes. Mm-hmm. And so you see where it's like, uh, my family's not good enough, and Harry's buying me this. And like, there, well, I guess he didn't do it directly, because didn't he send the money through George and Fred? Because he said, here's all the winnings, but we need I need you to also buy new dress robes for Ron. And that way it's not, that way he doesn't see it as a gift for me. Mm-hmm. I think it was something like that in nature. And, and I'll, yeah, I'll find that out sounds... on the book. I'll, soon, I'll but, trust you on that. <laughs> but it, it's one of those, like, imagine your friend has all this money, has all this fame, has he wins the Triwizard Tournament and has to go through that. And then you're going through and you got, I feel like he's like pent up all this anger and anxiety inside of him. And I think that when he leaves the group in part one, um, the first half of the book, there's that spot. However, and this is what I'm going to point out with Ron. I think it was necessary 
I think he had to because they were so removed from the real world and who came in with the knowledge and who became such a vital part to the storytelling, Ron, because he's yeah. like, you can't say his name anymore. Mm-hmm. They, you say his name and then it's like a signal, like this giant beacon that will immediately attract his, his followers. And so you'll, you'll get thrown in jail and, or they'll come and kill you. And you have to, like, there's curfews involved and there's all these things. And, and he's basically one. And just the way that they handled it, I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, you know, we're, we're going to have to start winding this down. But the last question, uh, and it's a two-parter. is just like the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so the, 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 the question that I have, and I guess it, it plays off each other, is what did you think of the final battle? And which part of the final battle scene, that, that last 30, 45 minutes, was your favorite? Now, as you guys get to start thinking about it, I'll go ahead and I'll share mine. My favorite part, because I thought this battle, I would, I would argue that I would rather watch a magical battle than a superhero battle most days. Because you can see just the way that they have to be ingenuitive with their, their magic skills. Because like Hermione can think, okay, I can jump out a window and then do some spell and there's a flower bed that I'm going to fall into. Or like you, you just think of different things and there's so many different spells. You can, you can be very ingenuitive with it where I feel like you go to a superhero movie and you just see people punching through walls. And so they, like you have a little bit more creativity with some of these because if you're a wizard, you can do almost anything. But what you argue, Jordan, that a sorcerer like Doctor Strange is just a wizard without a hat. I don't disagree with that. I don't <laughs> disagree with sorry, that. I messed so, up a tangent. But I think that my favorite part of that battle, because I think this battle was just awesome with the the wall coming down and with like both sides just slinging spells i think when mcgonagall brings the stone guards to life and they're just boom 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 and like the music at that point is where it starts to amp up and they're setting the battle up because you at that same point is when all the the teachers are putting the the barrier around the school and you're just seeing this moment where you even see the order of the phoenix come in and i'm like Oh, it's about to get real. And just she's she's like, go defend this school, defend your honor, defend the students, and and like just do what you were made to do. And they all run it. I'm like, this is just a beautiful scene. And then to get all of them be wrecked out by those giants and trolls and all the <laughs> all the wizards that are shooting them. Um, and they're they're taking a few out, but they're getting <sighs> demolished. I'm like, this is just I thought it was just visually stunning to see how it was done. What about you guys? I've got two and they one's kind of the in game moment, but I'll get one that like my I've narrowed it. You, you, Jordan, you should be so proud of me. I narrowed it down. And they both involved the potential chosen one. Cause I, has this come up that Neville was the potential chosen one? We didn't one? talk about that. Uh, a lot, but. Well, there was the one trap they set up at the Quidditch pitch where he's like taking out all the snatchers and like he lets off those dynamites because that is a creative thing that I don't think Marvel can pull off unless they get a, de- de- a demolitions expert or something or like pull off some magic spells but even then there's some grimy stuff in the CGI who knows if they can pull it off that is a very clever thing he's like oh, is that all you got and then he's like oh crap and he's just running like he just barely makes it and he and shoots then, the one spell and it just ignites the whole bridge yeah yes I love that that was that was, that was cool that's a very cool scene all right this is one by honorable, honorable mention is when him and Voldemort are on that perch and they're fighting. Like, oh, let's do this together. And like they're falling off. And of course, Voldemort can't let him die. 
because <laughs> he wants to he wants the honor to kill him himself. So they're both floating or whatever, and then like the, the, that weird thing where like they're combining their where heads. It's like yeah, yeah. That that's that's just a weird creative scene. So okay, I, I'm loving with you on some of this magic, though. I will admit sometimes it's just <laughs> yeah. It it's sometimes just- sometimes it's just that, but then you get cool duels like uh, in four and five or the very end of this, which is not a moment I'm picking, but the end game moment of all this, everyone's at their lowest low. Harry is dead. Hagrid's a mess. Like he's crying, holding the boy who, who won't stop die. won't stop not dying (laughs) as I'm going to call him. And then, uh, Voldemort's like, oh, hey, like, you're, you're Neville. Like, you, you're coming to join us? Like, he, he, he's limping just like Cap. He's like, oh, it's not... And then, like, Harry gets up and starts running or whatever. And he's like, it's not over! And he pulls the sword out of the sorting hat. I'm like, woo! That's some that's some Mjolnir energy right there. I love it. Oh, yeah. And then they, the, the battle reignites. That moment right there chills. And just even describing it, it's goosebumps. Like, ah. Oh, as soon as you said the, the, the off-brand chosen one, I was like, oh, yeah, right there. That's, yep. that's good. The 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 sword killing Nagini. I'm like, oh yeah, that oh yeah, oh, that was a great moment. Mm-hmm. All right, Alicia. Yeah. Uh, I mean, absolutely visually amazing. Um, from beginning to end, the entire the entire scene, um, the way that sometimes the wands connect and it's like almost like a splashing effect. I don't know what oh, they yeah. were calling that. Like that, and that happened a couple of times because we saw it in. Goblet of Fire as well in the in the order graveyard, of Phoenix with but, him and uh, Dumbledore as well, right? Yeah, so like you see, you see some of that as you know from earlier on. But I think that visually is just, it's just really cool the way they did it. Um, I think my favorite, and I, I I won't say the word because I don't want to get bleeped. Um, I'll say it. When, <laughs> <laughs> I'll substitute um, when <laughs> Bellatrix starts attacking Jenny. And, and Molly, Molly jumps in and Molly's like, not my daughter, you witch. I mean, like, that oh, yeah. for me, because we talk about Molly, we've talked about her in a couple of the past pod- podcasts and, and we've talked about her tonight too, but um, Molly is just, she's such a mama bear and she, you are not going to mess with her kids. And at that point, she had already lost one. Like, at the, because at this point, George is already, was George, George is dead at this point, wasn't he? I think that, was I think there's that downtime that came right before Bellatrix comes in okay. and, and they saw the bodies and they were, they were kind of gathering everybody up and then Bellatrix happens after. So yeah, I think she's, yeah. I think so she's, like, she saw that. Yeah. So like she, she's like, you're not getting any more of, of my kids and, and we're done, but just that line. And then when she just starts attacking her with the spell, it was just, I love that moment. I love that oh, yeah. moment. You know, this, this book and, and this whole series, as, as we've talked about it, there's so much more than what we've talked about in the past six episodes in this one. There's so much more. And this is what I love about my podcast is that when we come together, we can sit down and talk about it. And then I can always revisit with you guys again or with other people. Like this is not a set in stone. This is the last time we talk about Harry Potter. This is just, we wanted to, to do this right. We wanted to pay uh, a lot of respect to this series because this is one of my favorite series. This is a great book series and a, a, a masterpiece of movies. Um, still stands 10, 15 years after. Well, it's been it's been 20 some years since the first one. Um, and it still is just amazing. And so I'm just so excited and so happy to, to have been a part of this. Um, and I'm so glad that you guys came in with me to 
do this. So thank you guys. Um, and we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up here. But guys, if you were listening, thank you so much for joining us through our Harry Potter series. We'll be going back to Hogwarts at some point, but not in the near future. We're, we're going to be diving back into some Marvel stuff in a couple of weeks. We're going to be pushing out. Uh, well, we've got Wakanda Forever coming Wakanda out. Wakanda Forever! And we're pushing out. See right there. We've got that. We've got our She-Hulk episode coming out. We've got some Black Adam news. We've got all these things that are happening. And so we definitely want to get back into some superhero mode, but we needed a break. And so thank you so much for for going to Hogwarts and going through all this with us. Um, We love you. We're so excited to, to keep moving forward. But with that, we'll catch you guys next time here on Nerd Talk.